Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast. So for those of you who are viewing on the YouTubes, you might notice someone's missing. Someone's missing. Adam's not here. Or is he? Oh, oh, it's Adam. It's Adam. But in place of Adam today, we have some very special guests. We have our very own Team Elite Physique Bikini Pros. And uh, woo! So excited. And Sasquatch, too. So he's also a, a bikini pro. So he's getting a suit made. Anyway, you guys are going to love this today's episode because it is something totally different. And uh, I get to pick the brains of our, our fellow bikini pros here. So. You get to learn a little bit about them, their journey, their experience as a pro. So it should be a good time, you know? So let's go ahead and uh, start this off by introducing everyone here. So um, over here, we have this lovely blonde, Anya Nicholson. Hi, Anya. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to everyone and tell a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. So as you guys know, my name is Anya. I am an IFBB bikini pro. I am a Team Elite Physique Elite coach and posing coach as well. Um, yeah. You forgot to say BAMF. You're also a BAMF. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, don't, don't be shy. I she is. It. She is. And you've competed a few times already this year, and you plan on competing more. So she's a very active pro. How many shows do you plan on doing this year? I would like to aim for four or five. I think I'm three shows in right now. Okay. That's my goal. Do so five a few shows. more. Okay. How fun. How yeah. fun. Okay. And next we have Melanie. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Uh, well, I'm Melanie Albinio, and I am a, an IFBB bikini pro. I won my pro car in 2019. Um, I am a mom. I'm married to a commercial fisherman. So although I often look like I'm totally solo, I am not. I have a partner for 23 years. Um, my daughter's 15. Um, and yeah, we've kind of been all over the world. Um, I've been coaching for Team Elite now for over a year, and it's been absolutely the best home I found for myself as a coach and trainer. Um, and yeah, just residing here in Vegas and living a non-Vegas life in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. So Melanie, you haven't yet competed as a Correct. pro, but, uh, I love having you on the panel here because you have a lot of experience getting up to that pro card. So that's, that's something to be said. So we'll get more into your story here in a bit. But next up, we have Kimber Bonilla over here, um, the tall brunette. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Kimber. You got that part down. Hi, Kimber. Um, I'm also an IFBB bikini pro. I got my pro card last year at Junior Nationals, and um, I just moved to Vegas like four months ago. So new to Team Elite, uh, new to Vegas, new to everything. So I am a coach and a posing coach with the team, and it's been great. Awesome. And have you uh, you've competed already as a pro a few times? Yeah. Yeah, I competed once right after I won my pro card, mm -hmm. um, and at that point, they told me I was too small and needed to grow a lot more, so I didn't do any more that year, and then I've done two this year, um, way earlier in the spring, mm -hmm. and that's probably it for the year. Okay, awesome. So she's uh, in the growing phase right now. So, all right, good stuff. So let's go ahead and get into some of these questions now, all right? So... I'm just going to go down through the line and I'll even, you know, answer my own questions too. So I'll start it off the bat. Um, I'm going to ask you guys how you got started in the sport. So me starting, um, I will say 
I got started in this sport because I was always an athlete. I was a gymnast as a young child. I did track in middle school. I ran track in high school, and I ran track in college on a scholarship. I ran the 400-meter hurdles, which is a horrible event. It sucks. I mean, it hurts. It hurts. I always felt like I had to throw up after those 400-meter hurdles. But anyway, after you know track was done with, I felt very lost, and I felt like, well, I've been competing my whole life. I've been either competing in track, running track, or even gymnastics. But it felt so weird that once I was done, it was like, what am I doing? Like I have, I felt like, what is this? It's just, it's like a, the rug just gets sweeped off from you. And it's like, I don't know what to do with myself. This feels so weird. A whole life I'm training for something. So uh, my high school track coach actually competed in figure. And I, and I was still friends with her on Facebook. And I noticed she, you know, she was doing these figure competitions and I didn't know much about the sport at the time. And I was like, it looks kind of cool. So I looked into it more and they had a bikini division. I'm like, oh, I want to try this. So actually I went to the gym she worked out at and I kind of learned a little more and started prepping for my first show and I fell in love and the rest is history. So yeah, that's my little story there. How about you, Anya? Oh, goodness. Where to start? I feel like um, I have a little bit of like a different story as to like where my journey in fitness began. Mm -hmm. So so all through when I was in college. Now, if you met me prior to bodybuilding, I was a very different person. Typical college girl going to class, would party. And then I started to settle down on that. Um, And while I was in college, so just to give it like the full picture of things, I ended up going in for a breast reconstruction surgery. So I had initial augmentation before starting fitness and then ended up going in for surgery. And I actually met this girl who was going through the same thing while I was in college. And she was a fitness coach at the time. I'm going to mention her name. Her name is Caitlin Shearer. She's an amazing human being and who I credit starting my fitness journey for me. Um, So I ended up meeting her. She was going through you know, similar recovery. Um, And she got me started in fitness. She um, was actually who taught me how to lift weights. She got me started on, initially when I started was um, like tracking macros. And I started delving more into it with her. And she's like, you know, you look really good. Like you have a really good like structure. Have you ever thought about competing? And I said, I don't even know what competing is. I'd never heard of it before. I knew about like I guess you could say like more like mainstream weightlifting at the time, I think was what was popular. This is back in like 2018, 2019. And then I started doing research on finding contest prep coaches. And one day I fell upon the Bikini Olympia on YouTube. And Ashley, you play into this oh, as well. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and my favorite physique of all the physiques that I saw on stage was Ashley's. Stop it. honest truth and I I looked into it more and I started following her on Instagram and I was like who is her coach like who helped her get to you know where she is and I found Team Elite and that's where my journey into like I guess you could say from like lifestyle fitness to bodybuilding bodybuilding came into play is initially when I started this like it started with my love for the gym and then I wanted to and weightlifting and wanted to take that a step further and start competing and all started with that is when I was in high school I used to horseback ride so um when I was younger I began that when I was seven and then when I left for college was when my parents were like okay 
it's time to hang up the boots, go to college, because <laughs> of course, like, it's super expensive to ride. Anybody who's involved in equestrian sports knows that. So I was in college and I didn't really have like that competitive outlet anymore. And I love competing and was like, okay, how can I take my love for fitness and, you know, channel the, the part of myself that is a competitive person. And that came down to bodybuilding and enrolling with Team Elite. Um, but yeah, that's how I got into that fitness. That is so cool. Like, it's so cool that you mentioned that. And like, here we are, like talking right now across the table on a freaking awesome, the best freaking bikini podcast known to man. Freaking, you put that into the world. You put it into the universe. That's yes. awesome. But I, I find that's very unique because a lot of people do come from some sort of a sports background. But yours mm -hmm. is like very, very unique sport. That's not a sport that many people know about or uh, are involved in, probably due to the price. But, it, you know, so it's a very unique journey. So that's that's really cool. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. Yes. How about you, Melanie? How did you get into sport? Oh, man. Okay. So I started in 2012. Um, I was that weird kid that I would get up in the morning and watch. You guys remember, you guys, I don't know if you guys are even old enough to, um, remember when they would do fitness competitions on TV, like on Saturdays. They actually aired them on regular TV. And it was back when they had pairs. And I was obsessed as a kid with watching them. I'd get up like at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to watch these pairs um, to compete in physique competitions. If you've ever seen them, like Google it, it is crazy to watch the pairs. It's these man and woman. It's awesome. Anyways, um, so I was really into that. Um, I had no athletic background. So I come from a wonderful family, but a very unhealthy, unfit family. So people like to say, oh, you're genetics, da da da. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> because my genetics are not good at all. They are good, but we definitely have a tendency lifestyle-wise being taught to not be the healthiest people, um, body fat and all that kind of stuff. My, I got in a lot of trouble in my early years in high school because I had nothing, right? Like when you're a kid and you literally have nothing going on. So I decided to try out for the cheerleading team when I relocated um, from one state to another with my family. And uh, I made it. Uh, my grades were not good enough to stay on, but the wonderful coach allowed me to bring my grades up to get on the team. And then I discovered I was an athlete. I had no idea. My whole life was just spent watching these athletes on TV, wishing I was an athlete, wanting to be them. Um, but I think just wanting to have something that was very um, selfishly controlled, right? But cheerleading wasn't. It was. I had a sister, but like, you know, I was very like self-motivated. I didn't need other people around me to motivate me to do things. So I did cheerleading. I found out I was an athlete. I loved it. Um, I started dating my husband when I was 16. So I followed him. He was a college wrestler. So I followed him. Um, and I decided not to do college cheerleading. Um, well, his career with wrestling turned into um, fighting. So he became a professional MMA fighter. We moved to South Florida. And that was the first time I'd ever seen booties in my entire <laughs> life. Like, all of our, and you know, they're all Brazilian and Cuban down there, especially in the fight world. And I was looking at all these wives and these girlfriends and I was like, dang, like I could buy, back then no one bought boot butts. Not that I was aware of anyways, right? I was like, I can buy boobs, but I can't buy a butt. How'd you guys get these? They were obsessed with fitness. And so I started getting a little bit more into the research of, and I was a personal trainer through all this, um, researching on body changing more so than just like sports performance or um, lifestyle. I wanted to figure out how to change my physique. So I stumbled across, um, you guys might know who he is. He's such an old school bodybuilder, um, Eric Broser. And this is Facebook generation too. Like this is Facebook generation. There was nothing else. MySpace, I think might have come out before that. Yeah, before that, but it was Facebook. Contacted him there. I said, hey, how do I do what you do? 
And he connected me with another coach in South Florida, um, a woman, and she got me, she coached for, I think it was like Bombshell Fitness. I can't remember what it was, but she got me started. And then I did one show with her and I just stuck with it. And it was just such a nice little individual, selfish sport that I could do. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Oh, yeah. I like that. Long journey there. Yeah, I would say so. You kind of basically start from scratch, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. So I'm glad that you found fitness and I'm glad that we found you, you know, thanks for being a part. All right, Kimber, what's up? What's up? How'd you get started? I like going last. At least I can see. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, mine is probably pretty different from both of theirs. Um, I grew up in a really tiny town, like in the middle of nowhere. So there wasn't I'd never seen a gym until I got to college. Like even our high school was so small. We didn't have a weight room. There was like, there was nothing like that. So I did volleyball like all through school and like softball. So I did like just your regular school sports. That's all that they offered at my school. Um, but I was like the opposite. I was uh, not into like healthy eating or really, I was more on the, let's just not eat at all. Be really skinny. Look That like model look that people always you know, strove for, I guess, in the magazines and stuff. Um, so mine was just more obsessive about being small and like not gaining weight. I'm like, sure also people tell you that all the time because you are very tall. If you, how tall are you? I'm 5'10". So she's very tall. So that probably also played into it. Like might as well fit the part, you know? Yeah. And I just like, it was just cardio all the time. Like I would never, you would have never have gotten me to like lift weights or anything. Um, got into college and same thing um, with the lack of, like, sports or anything to, like, do or focus on. Um, I started going to the gym, but more just went to the machines, like, still on the cardio, like, okay, I'm here, I'm being healthy, whatever. Um, and then I met a friend that they were like, oh, you should do, like, you should do competitions. Like, you're really lean, like, you could do it. And I actually looked at them, and I'm like... That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, no. Like, because I had seen some of it before, and I'm like, no, that's just stupid. Like, you know, I didn't know anything about it. But I went ahead and did it anyways because I'm like, well, it'll give me, like, something to work for in the gym and uh, started lifting weights and started, like, actually eating more or whatever. Um, and then I did my first show, and I was, like, it was, like, instantaneous, like, addiction. So um, I had a coach that did not know – anything about it um just a local coach they knew how to like get people lean but not as far as like actually building and growing muscle so after that I found a team to actually join um and started really getting into the actual weight side of it um but yeah it's a like Melanie like I grew up I didn't have like there was no fitness background in my family like I mean we worked on a farm like we grew up like being outside and being active but Mm -hmm that was like not a priority. I think that was considered more like a vanity than like a health thing. Um, so yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. So let's go into the next question. What is your proudest moment to date involving competition? So I'll begin. Um, I would say my proudest moment to date and still probably the happiest moment of my entire life to date so far (laughs) is winning the 2013 uh, Bikini Olympia. And that year specifically, because that was the first year I won it, but most importantly, it was the most unexpected thing I could have ever imagined. Like, you don't understand. I was happy just to be there. I was like, I cannot believe I 
qualify for Olympia. Like, you know, and uh, my expectations, I'm, I'm a very realistic person, so I never, like, you know, overshoot. Uh, but let's just say I was even just starstruck just to be on stage with these girls, right? And, um, you know, and I was like, you know, what? If, if I got top 10, that would be something crazy. Like, if I got top 10, like, whoa, I, I might pee myself. I'm so excited. You know what I mean? Um, so my, I just went into the show just happy literally just to be there. And I remember, too, it was like, when they were doing call-outs for pre-judging, I was in the first call-out, right? There was three of us in the first call-out, and I was so unconvinced that that was the actual call-out. I was like, I think they're playing a trick on us this year. They're doing something. They're doing it in reverse this year. I was, you could not convince me that that was the actual first call-out. So I was like in denial. I was like, no, no, no. They're doing something different. I know they're doing something different this year. And it kind of didn't even really hit me until they were doing like the top five. And then I saw like how they were ordering it. And then whenever they got top five, I'm like, oh, wait, the girl that got fifth was in second call. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And then when they called like the third place, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. She was in my call out. What the heck? And then they called second. I'm like, wait a minute. No way. And then like they called my name is first and I'm, I got goosebumps now. That's like, it was such an unexpected thing because I was such an underdog. No one expected me to win. I didn't expect myself to win. Not to say that I, you know, a lot of people kind of misinterpret that as me being like pessimistic, but I'm just very realistic. I was like, you know, if we're looking at paper stats, I'm not expected to win. No one's, you know, expecting me to win. But I think like when you meet your goal, that's great. But when you exceed your goal, that means so much more. So to date, that is my proudest moment. How about you, Anya? Ooh, I was just thinking about this. I think I'm tied between two different moments. Okay, tell so, us. The first one would definitely be Clash of Titans last season. So prior to that um, was my pro debut in, I believe it was COVID years, 2020, I did Optimum Classic. And I think I got third or fourth callouts and my feedback was that I needed a lot more development. And I was pretty crushed after that show, I'm not gonna lie, because I'd gone from um, doing, two, I think, three regional shows and then getting my pro card, and then I believe last callouts at the, the optimum. So g going into Clash of Titans, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had spent a lot of time building up to that show to bring what the judges were looking for. And I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna step on stage. I'm gonna do and control everything that I can. And I believe I, I took home fourth place at that show. So it was like this moment of wow, I, look, I worked this hard for this long and I can achieve a placement that is fantastic. And just like holding a medal in my hands is like oh. something that I never thought I'd be able to do. Yeah, so that I is cool because it's like, okay, you did something crazy. You took some time off to build and you're like, yes. I hope this is enough. I hope this is enough. And then it was, it must be so satisfying to be like, okay, I got fourth. This is what they're going for. Okay, now we're talking. So now you're in the mix. So yes. that's got to feel good. That was awesome. And seeing you win that day too. Oh yeah, we, we you know, we, we had a good time on stage. Yeah, that was a good show. <laughs> that was a good show. It was yeah. a great show. And the other one would be what? Uh, I would say when I placed second at Omaha Pro. Okay. That I think that is the... I know that is the closest I've come to a pro win. So that was very, very exciting. Um, and they ch told me to change nothing after the show. I believe Tarek was head judge. So it was really cool hearing that feedback to change nothing and keep going. Oh, yeah. So 
Heck yeah. Well, gosh, I can't wait to see you compete again this year. You know, I think like once you nail your conditioning and everything goes according to plan, we'll, you know, we'll be in there. So hope to see you at the O. Yeah. Let's do it, girl. (laughs) Okay, Melanie, what's your proudest moment involving competitions or leading up to competitions? Anything around in the realm of competitions? Um, There's a, there's a lot that I'm pretty proud of. I'm one of those people I'm really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I think we all are as competitors. I I don't think, just like you were saying, you didn't expect anything. Um, I take a lot of breaks in between my shows. Um, I sell, I was self-coached after my first show. Do not recommend that. Let me tell you how many times I messed up my physique going into peak week. Cause it's just, you're not subjective to yourself. You have a competitor goggles. Yeah. You always see yourself differently than everyone else. Like, you know, you'll like for me, like sometimes I'll be way, way, way too lean and be like, no, I'm, I'm really soft right now. And then the opposite. So oh, yeah. that's a good yeah. point. You don't see yourself off of everyone else sees you. No. And I feel like I would have achieved my pro status way quicker had I been with somebody like Adam that could have actually been real with me and been like, no, you're fine. Don't keep cutting. (laughs) Um, So for me, I had a long break. um, And then, so I had done seven nationals total. Um, And just before I won my pro card, I did the spectrum here in Las Vegas and Sandy was head judge. Every time Sandy judged me, I was like third call out. So I did well at a lot of them. And then if she was there, I was, she just didn't like my little tiny twig physique. And, um, and I rocked that twig physique, but that's all I had. And so I took a long period of time. I wanted to do the show to get in front of her before I had to, I had to um, master's nationals. And I hadn't registered because financially it's a big deal, right? And like my husband works in Alaska, I mentioned that. And I had a, a young child at the time. And I was like, what am I, you know, I can't just invest all this money for this. So I did the show. Um, I had been a year and a half from the stage and I won the whole thing. I won the masters. I won the, over, and the overalls ever all across the board. Super pumped about it. Wrote her and said, look, Sandy, be honest with me. Be frank. Do I have a chance? I was like, financially, I'm going to have to put a lot into this for me. It's a lot of time, everything else. Is it going to be worth it for me? And she came back. She was so amazing. She sent me a side-by-side from the winner from the previous year who had been in my category and compared to me. And she said, no, do X, Y, Z. And you're, you're going to be really good. You're, I think you have a chance. I got there. I went to bed. You ever have that feeling like you just know what's happening the next day? Like I went to bed and I put my head down and I wasn't nervous and I wasn't overly excited. I just went to sleep and I was like, I'm going to be a pro tomorrow. And I got on stage and when they, when the whole thing, and by the way, Masters Nationals is a phenomenally ran show. It's just like so much quicker than a lot of them um, and really just broken up. It's such a good show. And so I was back there and I knew it was, I was on stage and I felt really good and I split center and I was like, you know, this girl has an amazing physique. She's beautiful, but I think I got it. And I went back, took my little break. I knew I had it. Get on stage. And I just stood there when they called everybody. And I was like, oh, shit, it's me. (laughs) I got this. Um, And that was like huge. It was such a huge thing because I had done six other nationals. And um, had spent so much time for so many years. And I had a year and a half off. And then winning those overalls. And then getting that confidence boost from Sandy. I think that was the biggest thing. When Sandy was like, no, Melanie, you finally nailed it. That was super, super um, proud for me. Even if I didn't get my card that, you know, for that next show, um, it was just like I finally did what they were asking me to do. And I did it on my own organically with a year and a half of hard, hard, hard work. And I think I was just so proud that she just told me like, yeah, you did it. I think we got this. You can do it. Go. And so, yeah, that whole, it was like a four weeks of like, the biggest high and proud moment. So I'm Aww. very stoked over that. And yeah. Memories to last a lifetime. Gotta love yeah. it. All right, Kimber, you up? Um, so mine's similar to Melanie's as far as like how many shows and like how long the process took. Um, I also competed in seven national uh-huh. shows. My seventh was the one that I won. 
Um, so my answer is probably pretty cliche. When I won my pro card is by far my like proudest moment. And there was a lot leading up to that. Um, I had prepped a total of 19 months. Um, I started during the COVID year. I started early that year and then the shows got pushed back and everybody's shows were like later than they planned. So I started with North Americans that year and I went from, I did every national show there was. So I went from fourth place to ninth place to fifth place to seventh place. I took six weeks off. I say off. I didn't really take off. I increased my calories a little bit um, that December and January. And then I restarted prep in February of 2021. And um, I did the Pittsburgh Pro-Am show for like a warm up. Uh, I won that. And that was that was really cool because that was a big regional show. Like that was as big as some of the smaller national shows. So I felt good about that. And then um, one of my favorite shows and favorite physiques was actually the, the next show, Junior USA's, and I got second place there. They told me I had missed my pro car by like two points from the other girl. Oh, that's so hard um, to hear. It's like, I wish I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually my favorite like look too, um, my, like my favorite presentation posing. So I felt really, really good about that. Like I was bummed, of course, that I didn't get my pro card, but I felt so good after that show. So I'm like, okay, like, you know, three and a half weeks, junior nationals, like I got this, we're good. And I think it was like a week after I just totally dumb accident, um, slipped and fell and ended up with a third degree high ankle sprain. I couldn't walk in my heels until five days before the show and I still had everything booked and I ended up not being able to do cardio. I couldn't work out. Um, all my leg stuff was just done by bands. Uh, and then I did the upper dot upper body workouts I could do sitting, but yeah, I pretty much just couldn't work out or do hardly anything for like three weeks, which I guess was good for my body. Um, it made me come in like more rested and like fuller, but I was still, I came in lean enough at the other show. I didn't have to like worry a lot about cutting anymore. And Sandy always likes, I feel like a little bit like fuller, like look too. Um, so my pro card win was actually not my favorite physique, but it was obviously Sandy's. Um, but I was just really proud that I was able to still go and still like accomplish that goal after I don't, not even being able to walk, you know, for like two weeks before. Um, so that was, that was my big, my big moment, um, mm -hmm. getting on stage and like, I got moved to like the center, like the very first out of the gate. And then they didn't move me the rest of the show. Ooh, so that's the best feeling is like, Ooh, and she walked us go. back and forth. I think like eight times, of course, whenever I'm like barely able to stand up by the end of it, I'm like, <laughs> okay, we can be done walking now. Oh, but gosh. so just coming back to the night show and like hearing that number before yours, like on that second place number, cause all the numbers are the same at the beginning. And then the second number is always different and hearing it not be yours. Like, that's where the relief came rather than hearing your name first. So yeah, that was, that was my big, my big moment. I haven't had as much in the pro circuit yet, but I haven't had a full year of like good, like prep leading up to that. So, mm. Mm. okay. So, um, let's talk about what do you find the most difficult about the sport? So starting off with me, I think like a lot of people's going to say diet or cardio. I think for me, it's, um, the pressure and burden of expectation. So I, I will always say like the only disadvantage of ever winning 
Bikini Olympia is that you're always expected to win. And when you don't, and we don't show up 100%, and, you know, let's be honest, you're not going to be 100% all the time. It seems to me to be a bigger deal. Um, You know what I mean? So unless you match your previous accomplishments, it's not necessarily, um, how do I say it? It's not a win unless you match your previous accomplishments. Whereas, like, let's say I was, for example, competing in 2013, as a, a fresh, you know, Bikini Olympia winner or whatever, if if I got fifth place at the 2013 Olympia, people would be like, wow, Ashley, you got fifth. That's great. Wow. So proud of you. Right. Um, but since I won that, anything after that win, that's not a win is like a failure, if that makes sense. Sometimes I feel that. Um, and I think that's pressure that I definitely put on myself. But, I, you know, I, I kind of get it for outside sources, too, which is like, you know, if the sport gets harder every single year, so it's not necessarily me getting worse. It's everyone else. It's, there's the talent pools getting deeper and deeper. So I will say, like, the pressure gets to me sometimes, and sometimes I get in my own head too much about that. And whereas sometimes I have to just remind myself, you know what? No matter what, at the end of the day, this is all icing on the cake because I've won three times Olympia. I've won 35 pro shows so far. So anything after that is icing on the cake, and i got to be grateful regardless and just continue to bring my best and see what happens. But, um, yeah, for me, I would say pressure. How about you, Anya? Oh, I would definitely say the posing. The posing has oh. been a struggle getting that right. So my feedback from last season was to keep working on my posing. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, I am a very introverted and quiet person. So stepping on stage, and one reason I love competing is because it pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Um is with my posing. So I needed to get more confident with it and practice more. And I found that because I am someone that has a little bit more anxiety behind stepping on stage, I need to prepare earlier and more more often than I feel like people really do for posing. So for example, if I'm like two weeks out from a show and maybe everyone does this, I'm not sure, but um, like practicing two and three times a day, practicing on gym flooring, on hardwood, on carpet, running through my routine, filming everything has helped tremendously with that. So still still an area that I struggle with. And for some, I feel like it's, and for me, it's more mental than anything. Like Um, making sure like my posing is consistent when I'm like in the trenches, like if I'm dieting down really hard, then the posing gets more difficult to be as consistent with it. So if I don't like feel like, I guess you could compare it to be like when you have carbs versus when you (laughs) don't have carbs. So the Bambi feet like to come out. So working on the posing has definitely been the, the most challenging, um, but definitely something that I feel as though has grown and gotten better than I'm consistently working on. So, Love it. Yes, I can relate to that too. I can relate. <laughs> How about you, Melanie? Well, definitely posing. Um, I mean, posing is always difficult. I think unless you're somebody that's just natural with it, which a lot of people aren't because it's so foreign, that definitely hits me. But um, really just learning to be unbalanced while being balanced. Um, so like the last, the last show seasons that I did, my daughter was very invested in gymnastics. And so we were constantly traveling, constantly going to meets. I mean, every single weekend and all these late practices and all of these, um, outside events, um, that just didn't allow me to be super selfish. And so, you know, and, and learning to, I, of course I always bring my food with me. That doesn't bother me. I've done that for so many years. Um, but I had to be like extra 
prepared for everything because sometimes these tournaments would last longer than than expected. Um, so it's really about, for me, the hardest part is just finding that um, balance of being with my family and being a mom, but yet I have to be super selfish. So we go out after the, you know, meets or something, a birthday party. I've, I've prepped through every single one of my daughter's birthdays, except for the last two years and she was stoked that I ate cake with her for her birthday. Um, but bringing things and finding that I don't need to make excuses for being selfish, um, even to other parents. So I don't know if anybody's out there that has, you know, kids and stuff and you get judged by the other moms hardcore when they're sitting there drinking, like literally putting Baileys in their coffees at these tournaments. And you're like, I got my gallon of water feeling like a total, you know, outcast. No, I'm not going to go to the Olive Garden with you guys afterwards. Sorry. Um, because they'll kick me out because I have, um, for bringing my own food. Um, so I think that's the hardest part for me. And that's just, you can't, you bodybuilding, you have to be very selfish, obviously. Like you really have to be self-focused. So learning to be self-focused while still being involved in things that aren't focused on me, that's really the hardest. I can't say balance because there is no balance with competing, especially, you know, once you're a pro and stuff, when you are there, you have to be 110% in, you cannot be balanced, but you could be a little bit less selfish, I guess. So that's really where I struggle the most. Okay. And you? Um, I think one of the things is, um, I guess maybe two things. One of them relates back to kind of yours. Um, taking time off is really hard. Um, I love the stage. I love the posing. I love the, the performance. Like, that's my favorite part, hands down. I love training and working out, too. But um, I love show days and the travel and the shows and everything. Um, so taking time off and not being able to like compete for six months, eight months, 10 months, a year, like this will be one of the longest, like improvement off seasons I've taken since starting competing. And I don't enjoy that. It's, it's hard though. Cause you see it on Instagram. You're like, man, what if I was at that show? Like, what if I was there? It's so hard to watch other people compete. And you're like, I can't compete. Cause I took, a, you know, a few, just two months off. It felt like forever. So I can only imagine just like watching everyone else compete like, oh man, what if I was up there? What would happen? It looks like a fun show. I want to be there. The FOMO. Yeah. But I mean, you know, long-term like goals, like I know obviously like that's what's needed for it. So I can get that in my head and like be okay with it. But I think, um, I guess kind of relating to like your comment of like the pressure, uh, I think like self-doubt and I think a lot of girls have that. I know whenever I work with any of my posing girls, any clients, um, talking about like your confidence and I, not even just competitors, like girls in general, I think really struggle with confidence, like self-confidence and having that self-doubt always like over your head, like wondering, am I good enough? Like, can I do this? Like, am I going to be able to ever accomplish my goals or get to the point I want to get to? And, um, trying to get over that and tell yourself that you can and that you will or like be confident in yourself is something that one, even though people can tell you to do, you can't do until you truly just like commit to it yourself. But that's, I think one of the hardest things to like get past and actually like have belief in yourself because without that, you really, I mean, that's what I tell all my girls. I'm like, and if whatever you tell yourself is what you're going to do. So if you tell yourself you can't do it, you're not going to do it. Like, so I think that's been one of the hardest things that like I've worked through that's still not a hundred percent. I don't know that I'll ever be a hundred percent, but it's a lot better than it was two years ago mm -hmm. for sure. Mm, okay. 
All right. So on the flip side of things, let's talk about what we like most about the sport. And I will say for me, I love the feeling of surprising myself, seeing myself improve. Like anytime I compete at a show, if I see something like that I've improved on, whether that's like glutes or posing or upper body, anything, I love seeing myself improve. So some of the happiest moments I had were from shows I didn't win, but I saw like a major improvement. I'm like, well, maybe it's not what the judge is like, but I didn't know I was capable of making my glutes look like this or, or whatever the case may be. So I get a lot of excitement from that. So I think that's my favorite part of competing is just surprising myself and going beyond what I thought I was capable of. And you? I'm going to branch off of that. So definitely, like, my personal favorite part of, of, like, competing is proving yourself wrong, A and B, doing better than you thought you would. So um, favorite outside of that, hmm, I would say probably falls into, like, show day itself because I feel like by that point the work is already done. The nerves are usually gone by that point, and then you just have to focus on getting on stage. And I love glamming up. I love doing my hair and makeup for a show day. I think it's super fun. Yeah, you do your hair and makeup yourself, too. I do. Yeah, That's, team do it yourself. Yeah. Team do it yourself. I'm right there with you, girl. You do it good, too. You're so good at it. Thank you. appreciate it. But, um, yeah, definitely show day is my favorite part, mm-hmm. um, where all the hard work pays off. Definitely. The rush of adrenaline on stage is like none other. All right, Melanie, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm definitely not talented enough to do my own hair and makeup, so (laughs) I would look like a hot mess if I did mine. But definitely um, the show day, for sure. I'm, uh, it's such an alter ego. I don't know if you guys experience that, but I'm very, um, very conservative, and I don't, I I mean, I'm literally the girl that wears shorts to the beach 90% of the time I have my whole life. Even living in South Florida, I put shorts over my bikini bottom. Um, and so for me, it's very alter ego-y, so it's really fun. I feel like I'm you're painted head to toe, and I just felt, the first time I did it, I was like, dang, I feel sexy. <laughs> like, I never feel like, you know, it's just, I'm very conservative, and I keep covered up, and that's just my personality. Um, and so I love that feeling, and then just, um, I love the grind, I love the focus that prep gives you. A lot of people don't like, you know, that they think it's rough and they complain. Like I, when it really sucks, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired, but dang, my body's shifting. Like I always have that sort of mindset with it. Like I I know when I'm just feeling, you know, like when you feel so weak and tired because your body's going to take a body fat drop and you're just like digging so deep and you're like trying so hard not to put your hand in the granola, like you're just doing everything you can. I love that feeling because I know that my body's doing crazy things and it's trying to keep me alive, which is pretty cool, right? Like we're geared to stay alive. So our bodies fight us when we're getting to that point. But I love that feeling of getting to that point where it sucks so bad because you know that there's like literally magic coming. And so when you just fight through that and it's such a pride moment when you fight through those internal struggles and then you cross that line and you're like, I did it. <laughs> like it's a really cool feeling. So I like that. I like the grind. I oh like heck yeah. Embrace the suck. What a what a great answer. I love it. Heck yeah. She's hardcore over here. All right, Kimber, how about you? Um, so I already said I love show day. That's like I feel like a lot of people that's one of their favorite parts. But um I actually I think my favorite part since I've started in the last four years is just the overall transformation and seeing what your body can do. So kind of like what you said. But um, not only like your stage to stage or like year to year, like stage shots, but 
this year, especially my favorite thing has been seeing my like off season improvement season, whatever you want to call it, uh, transformation. Cause I've done side by sides in the last, like even from just last year to this year. And that goes to show you what, like doing a proper reverse and a proper like improvement season and having like the distribution of your calories and your macros and the breakdown and having a good coach. I'm a little biased, but, um, it's, it's been crazy to see like how much change my body has had, even though like the weight's about the same or even, um, more or whatever, just seeing like the, uh, transformation you can put your body through. Mm, Yes. Love it. Love it. All right. So Anya, do you have any adversity that you had to fight through to get to stage at any point? So on the adversity, I think that that probably comes down to preparation Mm -hmm. in all areas. So for me, one of the areas I struggle with is probably diet and consistency with diet long term. So that's definitely an area that is a struggle when calories are low. The cravings start to hit pretty bad. But um, that and... um, outside of like adversity, like life adversity is probably balancing out prep and then realizing that even while you're in prep, life is still happening. So you can't stop life just to do prep. So that's one thing as well too, that's probably like difficult because like um, what Melanie said with it being like very self-centered and like very focused, what we do in this world, be honest, it is like that, um, is like balancing out doing your training, your cardio, your posing, your nutrition, it's like a full-time job. And then of course, like doing life things as well with that is really, it can be hard on you. Um, but like keeping up with everything I think is, is, um, something outside of like prep itself adversity. Okay. Cool. All right, Melanie. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a few just cause we, we moved around a lot. Um, and I started, like I said, I competing in 2012. So I did for a long time. I took a long gaps in between and every time we'd relocate, it was like getting into the groove again in the new city, the new gym, um, finding like-minded people. I think that's probably that that's really what it is. It was like finding like-minded people at each place I lived that would understand what I was doing, why I was doing it, and then to have support there. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, really the adversity comes just from not being able to have um, a community around me at different places that I lived that got it. You know, I had lots of people that'd be calling me at midnight to go get drinks and, and do whatever. And you're like, no, I can't. And they're like, what do you mean you can't? I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I got to go to bed. Um, so that's really the, the hardest, I think, for me on that is just the the community and then just being able to be fluid with wherever I was living and my circumstances, what gym I had to use, what training hours. I mean, 3 a.m. to go get cardio done. I did it with my four-year-old in tow because I didn't have no choice. Um, That was either get it done or I don't. Um, So that was really what is just finding that fluid movement um, with preps is probably the hardest. But like I said, I love the grind. So once it's there, I'm happy. It's just finding it. Mm, Okay. All right, Kimber, what adversity have you gone through to get stage? Now, you kind of already mentioned that you had that ankle issue, so that's probably a big, big example of one. Uh, but do you have any other, like, hurdles that you had to go through just to get to the stage? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, that was a huge thing as far as, like, actual specific to competitions, but shifting, I guess, more to, like, the, the life adversities. Um, 
honestly, up until the last um, eight months, my family, no one knew that I competed, um, period. I come from a really strict Southern Baptist family. Like, they don't believe that this is even okay or proper or anything else. Um, So, and I come from a family that visit a lot. So I've been in preps every single year and I go home and I had to make excuses as to why I'm eating this or that. And if you remember saying back in high school, had more issues with eating. So then my parents think that there's something going on or I'm having like trouble, whatever with that again. Um, so the first couple of years it was like, yeah, you know, I don't have a gym to go to. I don't have like my normal meal prepped food. Like I would have to struggle around like being with my family or, um, even where I lived for the last six years or so, it was same thing. Like people constantly drinking around you. It was eating like just crappy food. And it took the, like people I was around about three years to finally like let it go and quit like bugging me about it. It was like, Oh, that's just, that's Kimber. She does what she does. But it was like a, constant like hassle of people like always getting at you for oh why aren't you drinking why aren't you eating oh where's she at oh she's probably at the gym like that became like a phrase that that. people would say to me and I'm like yeah "Yeah, I probably am so to be honest my adversities now well my family knows everything now and um my friends are just who basically sitting in front of me (laughs) this is about the people that I talk to now um my adversities as far as like stage in life and they're pretty much just disappeared um this is the first time I've been in an environment where everyone around me is like you said like it's like-minded they understand it's healthy it's the first time I visited here and saw like the fitness environment here I was like oh my gosh like this is crazy the worlds exist like this like <laughs> I was like blown away so um I mean it doesn't hurt having like my coach at home with me. So, I mean, like, I don't have to worry about like having someone ask me, you know, why can't you go on a date night or like, why can't you eat this or why can't you eat that? Like, I know that whenever I start prep or whenever I start doing stuff, like he's going to get it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to, I guess, not have that. So mm-hmm. mine is a previous adversity that I hope, and I hope I don't have another like broken ankle again. That would be great. <laughs> right. Let's hope and pray. So let's talk a little bit about regrets, right? Some people will say they have no regrets um, because it makes them who they are today or everything happens for a reason, yada, yada. I will say I definitely have a regret myself, and that is the year of 2017 <laughs> when I took the whole year off because the pressure got to me and I wanted to be a normal person because they said it was cool. Everyone around me said it was cool. I should try to be a normal person. Go out on the weekends, eat some pizza, you know. All that didn't work out, ate whatever, had like Snicker bars for breakfast. My weight jumped up, as you can imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, after a year of just living that normal life, I was like, this is boring. This is lame. This is what you guys call fun. F it. I want to have that com- competition life and have some excitement uh, going on again. So um, like I mentioned, I, I did put on a bit of weight uh, during that time, and it was really hard to get off, like I will never do that again. I put on 25 pounds, which doesn't seem like a whole lot. Um, But for me, for whatever reason, it really was hard to get off. Really hard. So do not recommend. Will not do it again. I learned my lesson. 
I don't want to be normal. Normal's boring. So that's my regret. 2017. F it. All right, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would say one of my regrets is when it comes to like managing internal health. So I feel like one thing that's super important when it comes to um, and because we are so in tune with our bodies is managing your hormones and making sure your hormones are in a level place. So I went through a period of time where I was just feeling really just not like myself. And it probably went on for like six months where I was having like really bad anxiety. I was depressed. I had like no energy and I'm like trying to do everything in the gym with training hard, with cardio, with nutrition and everything was just like super difficult. Come to find out I had some things off with my hormones and I had no idea that I had this going on. And my doctor told me, well, you've probably had this going on for quite a period of time without even knowing it. So as soon as I was able to get on like a corrective protocol. Um, and one of the areas and regrets that, you know, I didn't look into earlier was my testosterone level. So my testosterone was like non-existent. Um, so working on getting that into a healthy range. Um, and I never realized after feeling like so bad and so drained for so long, how good I could feel. And um, with energy, with strength in the gym, with like, f- not only from like a physical end of things with, um, like just getting through your day, being able to wake up in the morning, but also like on the mental end of things as well too. You just feel so much clearer. You feel just good. And I hadn't experienced that for a really long time. So definitely, and I'm a huge advocate for that um, when it comes to like doing what we do as athletes because we put our bodies through a lot. Um, when it comes to dieting down for shows and going through improvement seasons and we push our bodies like to the limit with a lot of things I feel like keeping up with that is something that is super important it's impacted me quite a bit with um like my own health and like the last year so regret is definitely not looking into that and managing it earlier and yeah Mm. seen a lot of growth there well that's a good message for everyone to hear out there so you know something you don't think about something you don't think about but everyone should you know all right, Melanie. Um, I think for me, it's I was scared of the big weights for a long time. Scared like, of the big weights. Scared of the big weights. Because I don't have, like I said, I didn't have any athletic background. So nobody taught me how to, like, clean and jerk. Nobody taught me how to, which I still don't do that. But yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't do that either. <laughs> nobody taught me how to, like, move weight and be confident in it. And although I wasn't like that girl with the three-pound dumbbells, like, I ne- wasn't going to go reach for the tens for lateral raises. I was going to stay with the fives. And I probably... St- I mean, I stayed in that position for a very long time when my body was screaming to grow. And I was scared to grow. That was the other thing, too. I wanted, because, you know, coming from, like, a family of not the healthiest, and I was the sturdy sister. My sister was a twig, and I was the sturdy one. So I had a little bit of complex of being thick, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, you can't really be thick when you're 5'2 and 105 pounds. You're not thick. Um, And so I was worried about building too much muscle in my quads and my waist and all these things. So I stuck to very light weights. Had I had used my youth and when my, you know, hormones are the absolute best for growing and everything else, although I feel like in your 30s, it's better than the 20s, but I could have grown um, in the sport and in myself and my confidence so much quicker if I just would have let go of my thoughts with the big weights and thinking I was become a man because <laughs> no, <laughs> no, impossible. <laughs> All right, Kimber. Uh, my, gr- my regret is, um, I guess... I unknowingly, because I didn't even know anything about the sport in general, but I wish I could go back and just grow before I ever did a show. I like 
the coach didn't say anything to me. You know, the people like that convinced me to do it didn't say anything to me, but I had no muscle. If I would walk on a stage today on a regional stage, I would get like dead last with what I walked on stage with, which I won my show then, but like, I had like no muscle. I was just lean. So I wish I could go back and do like a proper, like full year of like eating right, like getting your calories up, lifting like heavy, same thing, like actually like getting good workouts, um, just getting your body set up to actually prep in the first place rather than just like prepping. Okay. I'm lean. I'm really lean. And now there's nowhere to go. Yeah. That's so. a good mess. And I, I hope everyone out there hears that because a lot of girls are, you know, maybe uh, newbies to the gym, but they see competitors competing. They're like, I want to be up there ASAP. So they don't realize before you start to cut, you got to have something to work with. At least you got to have some muscle. So it's a hard pill to swallow to tell some girls like, whoa, 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 before you compete, <laughs> before you start cutting, let's uh, let's put on some muscle here. So, I mean, technically you can do a little bit at the same time, but if you have zero muscle to start with and you're already wanting to get into show in 12 weeks, probably not the best idea. But, um, you know, I think that differs for everyone. If you have an athletic background or you're uh, athletic in some way or worked out your entire life, it's a different story. But for someone that hasn't, you know, it does take more than just that 12 weeks of cutting to get you on stage, you know? All right. So let's talk about strengths and weaknesses. And I'm not talking about physical, like I'm not going to say, yeah, my shoulders are the strongest, my calves are the weakest, whatever. Let's talk about the mental strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So I will say my strength is I can diet forever. Psh. I, I'm not even concerned about a post work or post show meal. Okay. I want to shower after the show. I'm not a big foodie. I think that's to my advantage in, in the sport. Um, I have little cravings here and there, but uh, it seems like my appetite is much smaller than most competitors. So that's a blessing to me. And I think it's, you know, I've discussed on this podcast many times. It's I've learned how to cook and season and, and put the best condiments on my food to make it taste appealing to me. So that is definitely helpful. But, um, you know, I think... In this sport, a lot of people struggle the most with diet. So I will say for me, that's a plus that I'm not overly obsessed with food. Um, so that's my strength. Um, for weaknesses, let's see. I I want to keep going all the time. <laughs> I want to compete every single weekend. Um, so oftentimes, like, my mind is ahead of my body. Like, I can come to the point where I run myself down sometimes after I do multiple, multiple shows without realizing it until it's too late, you know, and I'm just like, okay, maybe I just need to take a little breather right here. But I, yeah, I can, I compete a lot and I love it. So I would say that would be a weakness, either that or it's like my training. I'm, I've been spoiled my entire life, always having someone train me, looking after me, babysitting me basically while I lift weights is, is what I would say, whether that be gymnastics or track, always had a coach watching, monitoring me, telling me what to do. So obviously I don't have a coach with me 24 seven. So when I'm in the gym alone, I don't get as good of workouts as if Sam is training me or if Adam's training me. So, you know, that's my weakness. I guess it's hard to push myself when I'm alone. All right, Annie. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with the weakness. So for mm -hmm. me, Oh my goodness, I'm a little opposite to you. I wish I had the non-craving genes. <laughs> but definitely get super bad cravings in prep. I think that's probably 
definitely like the bane of my existence is when I'm in prep and I have super intense cravings. It gets really difficult to manage that and to curb it with turkey and asparagus. So, but um, yeah, I would say that that's probably the weakest point for me personally. Um, from a mental end of things, I find that the more the more I think about food, if I ever do get into the mindset of being food focused, is the cravings for sure. And then I feel like my strength and just like thinking, sitting here thinking about this is with training. And, and kind of opposite as well is like, I feel like I've, I've never had an issue pushing myself in the gym. And I find like, I'm the kind of person like, and, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this too, is like, you always want more, you're always striving for more, you always want to do more, be more, get better. So on like the gym end of things, like I always get to the end of like my workout and I'm like, what else can I do? What, what else, what other machines can I go play on? So I always have to like stop myself with training because sometimes I'll get to the end of it and I'll do uh, with like high reps, like four sets, six exercises. Sometimes I'll end up doing seven, eight or nine exercises. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop here now. I need to go do my cardio. So strength has always been like the lifting in the gym. And I feel like it's something that I've always like really enjoyed is where my fitness journey started is with weightlifting and my love for lifting weights and, and working out and feeling the muscle groups that I'm, I'm working. But yeah, definitely strength is the gym. Strength is gym and pushing yourself alone too. Yeah. You yeah. prefer to work out alone? I do. Yeah. Yes. We're opposites on both the diet yeah. and training. We're <laughs> like, but if you put us together, we would be perfect, you know? <laughs> How about you, Melanie? Oh man, weakness, probably just self-doubt a lot. I'm somebody, well, like I said, I don't have, I didn't have a coach ever. So I was always analyzing myself. So doubting my own abilities, even with the weight lifting, everything, just thinking I'm not strong enough. I'm definitely not fast enough. You know, I, I, am I dieting hard enough? Am I suffering enough? Um, I always had that in my, that's why I love competing too, because it's alter ego. It's like, I get to be really confident on stage, but all leading into it, I'll be very just uh, a nitpick myself a ton, very, very picky on myself. So that's definitely my weakness. I got to like, let all of that go and let people actually compliment me and tell me what I'm doing good and believe them instead of you know, um, thinking that they're full of crap. <laughs> um, and then my strength would probably be my consistency. I'm a lot like Ashley. I, I'm a foodie though. I will say that I'm a huge foodie. I have a, sh a sweet tooth that you would not believe. I would have ice cream for dinner every night if I could. Um, but I'm very consistent once I'm on prep or if I'm dieting for something, or if I, I love my healthy food, I love my lean food. I love high protein diet. It does not bother me. In fact, if a, if a meal is lacking protein, I don't feel satisfied. So diet-wise, I'm really good once I'm in and I'm super consistent. So that definitely makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. My weakness is probably a combination of both of theirs. Um, same thing with the cravings in prep with the sweet tooth. Like, oh, same. Mm. I could just... I used to bake all the time. I love sweets, chocolate, anything. Um, but also once I get into it, I can get to where I like shut that off. Like I think the first like four weeks of prep are some of the hardest because it's just getting back into that routine of like, okay, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. Like don't think about it. You don't need it. Like whatever. Um, so once I'm into it, like I'm pretty, pretty much like fine with it. Um, and then just like doubting like yourself, like doubting that you'll make it or get there. Or always like, yeah, I, like I could never coach myself. Oh, that would be bad. Don't it would be it. so bad. Um, and my strength is with Anya. 
uh, I don't feel like I've ever had trouble pushing myself in the gym. I love to work out. Like I'll do extra. I'll do more. I won't take off days, which is not necessarily always smart, but, um, yeah, I love, I love working out. I like to break a sweat and like get my heart rate up and just feel like exhausted after like those nights that you lay down and you like pass out because you're so tired. Like your body's so tired. I love that. It feels so good. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, it looks like we have time for one more question. So this one's going to be the best one, saving the best for last. What advice would you give to a new competitor? And I'll start this off. If you're a newbie competitor, if you're a rookie, if you've never competed before, do not focus solely on the number placement you're going to get. Don't let your number placement determine your happiness. Okay. Because you know what? If it's your first show, guess what? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to make mistakes your first few shows. Okay. But I find that a lot of times the competitors that are just like in it to win it in the beginning, which is great. Everyone wants to win. Everyone should train like they're going to win and prep like they're going to win. Right. But if you have the mindset of, I got to win, I'm going to win. And you set that expectation so high without competing yet ever before, you might just get discouraged when you find that your expectation doesn't align with your number placement, right? And maybe you will win and that's great. And if you set your expectations to a reasonable level and you exceed them, that's even better. But I would say off the bat, just know you're going to make mistakes. There's um, definitely a learning curve here and maybe it's not physique. It could be posing. It could be anything, hair, makeup, anything, right? you're going to make mistakes. So just know that. And I think you should just go into your first show just knowing that like for the time being, I gave my best no matter what. I look better than 99.99% of the population. I'm proud of the work that I put in. Let's see what happens. Hayes in the barn, let's do this. And uh, let's see how it goes afterwards. And uh, if it goes their way, then fantastic. If not, just know that you're part of the majority of people that didn't win their first show. So welcome to the club. Just keep working on it. Every mistake is a learning lesson. All right, Anya, what about you? Okay, so my my advice to a first-time competitor or those that are, you know, going through, like, their first couple of shows is to enjoy the process of yes. either going through an improvement season to build up and have enough muscle to compete or to enjoy the process of getting to stage. So I think there are like two different things that happen here. So when it comes to like the improvements and sometimes it's like, cause I remember having this as well too when I first got into competing um, and building is I had a really hard time being told no. And it was hard to sit with that. So make sure you be patient with yourself and your coach when it comes to building up to compete and make sure you take the time, like truly take the time to build yourself up and to have enough muscle. And I promise you, if you can stay patient with yourself and hardworking over a longer period of time, whether it's, you know, six months, a year, that that hard work is gonna show when you get on stage and it's gonna be so worth it than, you know, just jumping into a prep and getting on stage when you're just getting started. Um, and then with like the prep end of things, I feel like a lot of times, instead of going from, like prep to improvement season and wanting to get there, then our focus goes from, you know, being in prep to the end result. And that's the only thing that we focus on and we kind of lose sight. And this has happened to me too, which is why I say this, is enjoying the process of getting to stage and enjoying 
the changes that you're seeing in your body, whether it's a weekly basis, a bi-weekly basis, um, instead of just being so hyper-focused on getting to stage, enjoy the journey of getting there. Um, enjoy prep, enjoy the process, because that's gonna help you have a longer like term in the sport and you don't get burnt out, you enjoy prep. Um, like enjoy the changes that you're seeing in your body, how your lifts are going, what you're eating. So yeah, that is what I would say, like two different parts to that. Good stuff. Good answer. All right, Melanie. Yeah. What advice? Kind of the same as Anya. I would say like just learning to um, appreciate the journey. Um, and then, you know, not like if you're, if you're focused on how much it sucks the whole time, everything's going to suck. And so I get really leery when I have girls that I start seeing posts like on Instagram food, like what they want to eat after the show, because they quit focusing on the journey and enjoying the journey. They're just trying to get to the destination and then afterwards. And that a lot of times that goes into them botching their improvement seasons, or if they have another show scheduled, like in four or five weeks, we don't make the improvements needed because they went and binge date, you know, for 48 hours afterwards. Um, so I think for a new competitor, like to stay focused um, on each day as it comes. Don't sit there and look kind of like even Ashley, like saying, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Like focus on each day in your journey. Um, don't sit there and look at like what's next, what's next. And especially don't sit there and fantasize food porn, you know, like everything you're going to eat afterwards and then botch your improvement season or your time in between shows because that's where a lot of the magic happens is in between um, for the new competitors. Cause you're going to, when you hit the stage, your first show ever, you're going to look the best you ever had in your entire life. But I like to say it's going to be the worst you ever look on stage. And that's your choice, you know, if that really is true. If you're going to improve each show, um, that you have to be able to embrace the journey um, and not complain the whole time, like actually enjoy the process of it and then stay focused on each day instead of trying to rush to that first place, rush to that, you know, free meal, and then just botch your improvement season because you're unable to focus because the joy wasn't there. You're always looking for the end result. So I would just say focusing on the day, take it a time, and then follow your improvement season diet. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. What advice do you give to first-time competitors, Kimber? Again, it's kind of hard going last. <laughs> but they didn't say the two that I was going to say. So I had two. Um and this can apply to competitors, and it can also apply to people that are wanting to do lifestyle coaching or just start a fitness journey in general. The first one is just not letting your fear of failure stop you from doing something. I've competed in 17 shows, and while I've placed at most of them, I have lost all but two. The one that I won my national qualification for and the one that I won my pro card at. 17. That's 15 times I lost. So I could have lost and just quit and given up and been like, well, I lost. I suck. I'm a loser. I'm done with the sport. And my journey would have ended like four years ago. So because um, you hear some girls get so discouraged after they step off stage and kind of what you said about like the placing. Like that's why the very cliche phrase you versus you, it's still it's a very like applicable thing because as long as you are beating the look that you had previously on stage and you're proud of what you did and you accomplished like your goals and you put everything you had into it, then that's the only things that you can control. Or if you're a lifestyle person, you know, if you lost five pounds in two months, even though your goal was 10, like you still reached that five pounds. Now just try harder, go back and work again. That doesn't mean you fail. That just means that you're not there yet. And then the other thing is just 
not letting the opinions of others influence what you choose to do for yourself. And you can take this for how you want. You can use this in your everyday life even. Um, but competing wise, if I would have let the opinions of the people closest to me, which I'm very close to my family. So like having them feel so strongly against it was really hard for me. Having all the people in my life not support it in the beginning. Um, you know, if I would have listened to them, I would have never even made it here. I probably wouldn't be in Vegas. I wouldn't be a coach. I'd still be nursing and miserable in the hospital. Um, like not letting the things that other people have said to me in the past, you know, three, four years has drastically changed the outcome of my career, life, competing, everything. So I think those two are my like biggest pieces of advice for competitors, long-term, first, coming out of the gate, um, lifestyle people, anybody interested in starting their journey. Okay, good stuff. Well, Thank you so much, ladies, for helping me out with this podcast today. And uh, let's go uh, through the line and tell everyone where they can find you. I'm on the gram at Ashley K. Fitz. On the gram as well, the barbell bombshell. On the gram at Fit by Melanie. Instagram as well, Kimber underscore IFBB Pro. Yay! Well, thank you so much. Round of applause. Round of applause. I appreciate everyone um, out there listening, especially those of you who made it to the end. So thank you very much. And uh, maybe we will do another one of these sometime. If you guys like it, let us know in the comment section below. But I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thanks for watching. And uh, let's uh, tune in next time, see what other topic we got. Okay? Keeping you on the edge of your seats. All right, have a good one. Thank you.